As a strong, independent mother, there is nothing that will get in the way of your child's safety. Soberlink understands the importance of peace of mind when it comes to co-parenting after a divorce. Using the highest quality technology and with features like facial recognition and real-time results, moms like you are empowered with proof that your child is safe. Navigating life post-divorce can be difficult, and having a tool like Soberlink allows for one less thing to stress about. I created this community to provide support for divorced moms like me, which is why I partnered with Soberlink to create this resource, Tips for Single Moms Returning to Work. To access the guide and get $50 off your Soberlink device, visit www.soberlink.com forward slash MMO. This week on Moms Moving On. I feel very much like I've moved on emotionally for sure. And I have this person who I lived with for 17 years, who was a huge part of my life that I would like to still be able to bounce ideas off of and have, you know, have that. Um, But I don't, I don't know. I don't think that's what he wants. So I'm sad about that. You, I mean, it's clear knowing you for the last 28 minutes that you are very emotionally evolved and that, that sometimes takes a little longer for a man. Life moves on. So why shouldn't we? This is Michelle Dempsey-Moltak, your host of Moms Moving On, navigating divorce, co-parenting, single motherhood, and moving on. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to another Moms Moving On. I have a great new friend on the podcast today, and I'm so happy you're here to meet her. We have Christine Pittman, who is the founder of Cook the Story, where her passion is to create recipes that take less time in the kitchen, giving you more time at the table. How great is that for a single mama adjusting to doing all of the things on her own? (laughs) Christine's love for cooking started early, watching and listening to her mother and grandmother in the kitchen and working in her parents' restaurants starting at the age of 12. But before launching her lucrative food blog, Christine was doing something different. 10 years ago, she was on maternity leave from her PhD program when her family relocated from Canada to Orlando. In a new country, armed with a master's degree in linguistics and a new baby, Christine struggled to find a job that matched her skill set, so she shifted. She's also divorced and co-parenting, so all of this is going to tie in deliciously. Do you see what I did there? Hi, Christine. Hey, Michelle. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being here. Did I did I sum it all up right? Did I leave anything out? Yeah, no, that's pretty much it. There's been different phases in my life, as everybody has, right? All those phases, but those are mine. <laughs> you know, I, I think it's so important that we talk about shifting, right? Like, we we go we grow up, we go to college, we do like the thing we think we're supposed to do, and very often we find ourselves not having a passion in that particular mm-hmm. thing, and then we feel guilty. But then sometimes we end up single moms, and we have no choice but to do whatever we got to do, right? Oh yeah, for sure. And I actually think that my business started to take off more after the divorce because of that, you know, like I'd been blogging and I had my recipe website for a while and it was that, oh, I need to support myself. I need to make this successful. It was that like extra motivation. Yeah. And and I, and that screw what everybody thinks mentality really kicks in when it's survival, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. 
Yeah. And I don't know, I found more time in the day. I found more time on the weekends, of course, with the co-parenting. So my ex has the kids every second week. So that week that I don't have the kids is really my like, do everything. (laughs) Wait, so you guys are week on week off? Yes. One week on one week off we do. And I'll say we do the exchange on Fridays, which was our mediators idea. And it was the most brilliant thing that's that we've ever done because on Friday, the kids are in a good mood. So I put, they've been with their dad all week. I picked them up on Friday. They're happy. They're excited. We spend the weekend together. I have time over the weekend to get caught up on their school stuff, figure out what's going on. And then when Monday comes, they go back to school and I'm on my own for a few days, yes. you know? How brilliant to have that adjustment period. Yeah, it really helps. We, I mean, we've been thinking about doing it on Sundays. I think that was sort of in my head as something that people did. And our mediator said, yeah, but they come to you Sunday afternoon and you have, you know, a couple hours and then they're gone to school again the next day, you know? Yeah, yeah that is really great. So your kids are 13 and nine currently. Yeah. How old were they when you got divorced? Um, the official divorce went through like two years ago, but it was closer to four years ago that we separated our households and they slowly started going back and forth. So it wasn't originally week on week off. Cause I know a lot of moms will write to me and say, help, I'm in the divorce process. And my lawyer suggested week on week off. I can't be without my kids for a week. What am I supposed to do? We kind of did it gradually, but you know, um, I didn't have that issue exactly because there was this, this gradual, like a couple days here and there, and their dad had a very small place at first. He wasn't settled. So I was doing the bulk of everything for several months. Like mm-hmm. most, he was actually coming here after school some days to see them at my house. Like there was a lot of that. So when it was finally adjusted and we were, we were ready to do a week, I, I needed the week. Like I, I, I missed my kids and I would feel anxiety and stress and oh my god are they okay but I needed the break and I'd been going through a lot like it's not an easy time of life right right to take on the bulk of the the parenting duties almost full time for a while when it was like I get a whole week wait what 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 do I do I think it's great that you were able to like take that perspective because I think what we do as moms, at least I know I did, and and my schedule is, is far different from yours. Mine's two, two, three. So I'm only ever without oh, yeah. Bella for two or three days. But it's like we think we have to feel guilty for not being with them, right? Like I see couples who go away on vacation and they'll post, you know, first time without the kids, but we miss them so much. Like you don't have to say that, you know? <laughs> yes. The the pain of not having them is so real and I still feel it five years in, but we're lying to ourselves if we don't admit that we need that time to heal from everything that's just gone on. It's it's really hard to move on when you're so like dumped into the day-to-day without giving yourself a chance to breathe. Oh yeah, absolutely. And I really, I feel like that first, even six months or a year of having every second week off of parenting, I learned so much about myself. Like it, it, it's fascinating how many choices and things I'd been making for everybody else all the time. Yeah. And when it was finally, I mean, I, I went to visit a friend in um, Washington, DC and she's like, let's order pizza, but let's each get our own. So I can take my leftovers to work tomorrow and you can have your leftovers while you're hanging out at my place during the day. And I was like, okay. She's like, what do you want on your pizza? And I just sat there like, I don't know 
what I want on a pizza if I don't have to worry about anybody else eating it and leftovers for other people. Like I just, this is going to be just for me. I don't know what I want. That's like, <laughs> and so going through like the, the divorce, my life changing, and then actually having that time to figure out what, what do I eat when I'm by myself? What do I, what do I actually want in my bedroom? What, what, what do I want in my space? How do I want to spend my time? Having that, the week to do that and to really explore. Uh, and, you know, just to, you know, if, if I'm out with somebody and I want to get home really late or anything or not come home at all, I mean, not often, but, hey. you know, <laughs> to, to just not have to be in your head calculating all that, like, oh, how is that going to shift everything? It doesn't. It's just me. I can go anywhere. I can do anything. And that's weird when you're a parent to have yes. that freedom all of a sudden. So yes. it took a long time to explore it, but it really, I feel like I grew more in that time than I have in probably 20 years, you know? Did you have any feelings of guilt in the beginning? Cause I know I did. And it was pretty heavy for me. Like I'd be out enjoying my weekend with, you know, my new man and like doing all the things. And I'm like, ugh, like I'm supposed to be a mom right now. The, where the guilt pops in for me, I guess it is guilt. I have these weird, like, uh, you know, we'll have like a near miss car accident or something like that. And I'll be like, oh, what if I died right now? And they knew that I was out in Atlanta for the weekend or, and I just like, at, I had to like, let go of that at some point because yeah. it's very unlikely that something bad is going to happen to me on these situations. And that's not what they're going to be thinking. They're just right. going to miss me. Like what, what am I even right. like right. doing to myself there? But no, I definitely had that. And some of the guilt about, because I had been in control of their lives. I don't like saying it that way, but I was the primary caregiver. No, no, no. And I'm so happy you're saying this because this is so many moms. This is where they feel that sense of like insanity because we, we are their moms. We are in control and we know their needs before they even know them. Yeah. And then, and knowing that my ex wasn't as good, he's a wonderful person. We get along great. I feel like I have to say that in some weird way, but like different skill sets. We are good at different things. And that is not, you know, getting emails from teachers and realizing what they need to take to school and what they need to, that's not his biggest strength. And so I do have that guilt of like, oh, are they not going to have their bathing suit for a swimming class in phys ed this week? Or are they not going to? And, you know, I actually now all this time in, I think it's probably really good for them to see two completely different parenting styles and two people who are caring about very different things. Like I, I've got a little whiteboard on the counter that says things like swimsuit, what I need to remember it in the morning and they forget it when they're at his place. And so maybe they learn to be a little more organized there, or maybe, I don't know, or maybe they learn the opposite that, you know what, it was okay to miss PE sometimes. Maybe the, I don't know. I don't know if that's the lesson I want, but like they're learning. No, different. they're learning to be adaptable. And that's always yeah. the best lesson with co-parented kids, I find, because even if they did remember their swimsuit and they were more responsible, the homes are going to be different. They're going to have to adjust to two different parenting styles, two different ways of, you know, making their bed, two different ways of everything. And so that, mm -hmm. that sets the foundation for their adaptability as adults. Yeah. Yeah. I really, I really think that they're, and like food and stuff too. I think we have different philosophies on cooking and on what we send for lunch with them and they're they're getting different tastes and different focuses and they'll eventually have to start making these choices themselves like fully themselves but I think they're going to be more informed about who they want to be you know 
Well, I may I just say, like you're the president of great perspective after divorce. You're this is <laughs> this is great. I want I want to I want to like bottle this and sell it. Wait, 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 wait. Before we do anything, I have to ask, have you not joined the Moms Moving On membership community yet? This is the place I created for anybody looking for the benefits of coaching without having to commit to a high coaching fee. I've rounded up my go-to experts to put together curated content just for you, including free monthly webinars with me, self-confidence boosters, co-parenting tips and strategies, heartbreak advice, divorce anxiety relief, legal advice from top U.S. attorneys and mediators, financial advice, eBooks to help you on your journey, journal prompts and worksheets, discounts for all my favorite brands. The list goes on and on and on. And all of this at only $9.99 a month. Yep, you heard that right. $9.99 a month to be connected to women all over the world who are going through exactly what you're going through and to connect with me. Go to momsmovingon.com slash become a member and join us today. I want to shift a little bit because so what's coming up for me, obviously everyone after divorce wants to eventually scratch that itch again and get out into the dating pool and have some sex and do the things. (laughs) You have time to do that with your week on, week off. And I, I imagine you've been able to explore yourself enough in the dating pool to know what it's like really to, to find love again after divorce. Yeah, it it was, it was quite interesting. So for the first while after we split up, I was in a very open relationship kind of mindset, I guess I I didn't, I, I would say, I'm never getting married again. I'm never not just that it was hard to get out of. And that, you know, for me, it was years of thinking that things weren't right, but not knowing how to disentangle myself. And so I was very much in a, I'm not going to get super entangled again because it's so hard. It's so hard to make the decisions that are true to myself and what I actually want when there's all these layers of stuff that hold you in one place. So I was kind of there. So I did date various people sometimes at the same time openly um, and explored all of that. And kind of came back to, for me, like, I do like stability and I like having a a go-to person who is like there for me. So I've been seeing the same person now. Um, Well, I guess we've been dating for four years, but like monogamously for a while now. And it's, it's really, it's, it's fitting. We still have different households and he goes back and forth. He's because my place is a little bit bigger and my kids are here and everything. So he goes to his place that he comes here. So we do have that independence, but I, I do like that. I do like having a loving person in my life. I love that you have that. I think that's amazing. And I think part of you bringing that into your universe is your, is your perspective on everything. And because you're open-minded and because you are willing to say, Hey, okay, this doesn't have to suck. I can make the most of my time or, or whatever. I think that that's precisely why you found what you needed, but obviously dating after divorce comes with challenges. What were some of like the tougher parts of it for you? Okay. So this is just a silly thing that I was thinking about. I love going dancing and the person that I'm with now likes to go dancing. And one of the hard things is that we're too old for the dance floors. I wish that we're not too old, but like 
the people who go dancing are so much younger. And I always, I like, I don't like being the oldest person in the dance club. Like that's sort of the, so one of the challenges is finding spaces where I feel really comfortable. I don't mind being in a room full of younger people, like whatever, but if I really want to be like with my people, it's different. So we're trying to find some places that that has been one challenge. I think there's this weirdness with figuring out how he fits in with the kids yes. and, and they're very, they're very close to him. He, he's been very good about, uh, well, they were already like getting along and we've done a couple small little vacations and things like that. And then with COVID, we, he teaches at a university. So he was teaching from home. He was teaching from my place. We basically locked down together. My kids would go back and forth, but they were here all day homeschooling. He was here teaching. I was here working from home. And we spent, I think, three months, the first three months, just together mostly and really bonded. We got some like routines and stuff, but he continued to stay like not the disciplinarian. He's like a friend. He has helped them with, you know, some homework and things here and there, but mostly friend and wants to keep it that way. And I think that that has been really helpful for us. Maybe because I'm a little bit of a control freak, I'm not like dividing that, but also the kids just like, they might be arguing with me about something, but he's not part of that. Like they, they, you know, it's just a separate nice adult relationship that they have. I think that that's so important that you talk about the discipline because that's a that's a point of contention. I'm I'm remarried and in a blended family. We each brought one child to the table and I think one of our things from the beginning was you manage your kid, I'll manage mine. We'll see where it all fits in. But mm-hmm. very often people will find a, a new partner who wants to be the dad or the mom mm-hmm. and and that's tough. Yeah, I, I think I think it would have been tough, and I think, yeah, I mean there there are there are he doesn't want to be the dad in that way, but there are times when like he won't discipline them or say anything, but he'll come and find me right away and just be like, I don't know what's going on over there, but you need to <laughs> <laughs> you need to go, you know, um, and yeah, I, I just think it it makes everything a little bit happier in, in the in the house for sure. I will this is very sweet. I do think we are very close and they they get along really well with him. And there was this we were at Emily's guitar lesson and she wanted to tell a story about him to her guitar teacher. And she turned to me and she said, "What do I call him?" And I said, "Oh, your mom's boyfriend." And she was like, "No, but what is he to me?" Like he's your boyfriend, but what is he to me? And and she was like, "I'm just going to say stepdad." And, and so she did, and she told this story. It was a very cute story. And, uh, and then I, I, and I told him after, and I said, I don't know how you feel about this, but she just wants, and he was like, I totally understand that actually. She, she has this friendship relationship with me. She wants to have a name for that. Right. I can and that the too. name is not my mom's boyfriend. Like that's, that diminishes completely mm-hmm. what that is. So I, I don't know what we're going to call him or what she's going to call him, but there's definitely not a word or like a known way to treat their relationship and what they have with each other um, outside of sort of a dad word. So that, that's been an interesting exploration too. I think it's every situation is so different and the needs of the kids are so different. When you find someone who can understand like where they fit in, that's super special. Were there, I mean, it's obviously great now, but in the beginning, like, what do you think 
you guys did right in order to get you to this place? Um, hmm. You know, for the, for the longest time, he didn't really come over when they were here or would come over late mm-hmm. at night. They were younger then. They would go to bed and he could come over and we could still have an evening together. And especially through the divorce stuff. And I, I think the kids knew that he had nothing to do with any of that. We'd already, by the time he became involved in their lives, the the, the split up of the households had already really happened. So um, there was that. Um, I think it was mostly honestly his discomfort a little bit like he didn't want to be this dad role and so he kind of stayed away not away kept a little bit of a an emotional distance there and it really wasn't until the COVID thing where we were forced to be with each other that that he kind of let that down a little bit so maybe just that gradualness and you know I I don't it's a lot uh, of him he doesn't have that eager I'm gonna show you how great I am by being amazing with your kids like he knows that I like him for other things. And that, I guess that's not his, um, no part of his identity is I'm great with kids. So he didn't need to like <laughs> show that to me to woo me. You know what I mean? That what yeah. I think that that is something that sometimes people, I think actually women do that maybe a little bit more than men. They're like, I'm going to show you how great I could be with your child. Right. You know? And he was like, oh, there are children here. Cool. What are you doing? Like, but not to impress me, you know? Yeah. Well, I, that distance in the beginning, I think is so key. Like I, I always advise, you know, yes, we want to get back to this. Like some of us want to get back to this semblance of family and, and connection. And it doesn't happen if you force it. And, and, you know, my daughter was two, so she would have latched on to like, you know, a robot if I brought a robot (laughs) around, but my husband's daughter was older. She was 10. And I knew, from having been like a child of divorce and having to like connect with my dad's new girlfriend that I wanted it to feel like she was in control and it was slow and at the pace that she was comfortable with. And I do think that that's why we have a good relationship today. Yeah. That's really great. Yeah. I think reading, reading them and seeing how much they want to be with the person, it it was, it, it became very clear that they would be excited to see him when he was coming over. They'd ask, is he going to be over here? Like, and, and that started to happen over time. So I, th- I think it's similar to that. They, they, they were asking, they were excited. And so we were letting it happen. Yeah. Well, I love this for you. And I love that you've come to a place in your life where you found exactly what you needed, what works for you, what works for your kids. How's your relationship with your ex today? We're pretty good. We have a very, we have a very strong functioning co-parenting relationship. We're on the same page. It's actually amazing to me. I, well, I guess, you know, we were together for I think 17 years, not married for that whole time, but we were together for 17 years. So we do think a lot of the same things about stuff. I feel like the, the pandemic was really telling for me with this. Like I would think, you know, when it was first happening, I was like, Oh, and the kids are going back to school. And I was like, I don't, I don't know about this. I work from home. You work from home. What do you think? He's like, I- I'm with you. Let's just keep him home. And like, there's been like a bunch of those situations where he says something and I'm like, yes, that's exactly what I think we should do. Or I say it and we're like in that very, very, I don't even know that we've had any disagreements about it. So that's probably rare, but yeah, we and functioning co-parenting. I, I will say I really like spending time with him still. So we we ended up, we used to do the switch over at school, right? So I drop the kids off on a Friday morning. He picks them up Friday afternoon. We don't actually see each other. 
right? Um, that, but then with COVID, he was bringing them here, dropped, we were mm-hmm. doing that thing. And then we talked for, for a little while. And I really enjoyed the conversations. And then the other day, um, the kids both had a bunch of music lessons and we decided to switch over there. And we ended up talking for like half an hour while we were there about the kids and back to school and all that. And I find myself like, oh, I wish we could just be friends again. I want to talk about all these things like over a glass of wine or over dinner. And I don't think he's there. It, it, I, I think I asked maybe a year ago if he wanted to hang out sometime and he didn't respond. So I just took that as like, Great. we're good co-parenting, but maybe <laughs> we're not there. But it, 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 it's, it's, we get along, we're laughing, we're chatting, like it feels fine. And then we're on the same page. I feel very much like I've moved on emotionally for sure. And I have this person who I lived with for 17 years, who was a huge part of my life that I would like to still be able to bounce ideas off of and have, you know, have that. Um, But I don't, I don't know. I don't think that's what he wants. So I'm sad about that. You, I mean, it's clear knowing you for the last 28 minutes that you are very emotionally evolved and that, that sometimes takes a little longer for a man, I should say. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, and I don't know. I don't know where I don't, he's, he's busy too. Like it could just be, you know, I I'm reading into the lack of response to the text. He might've been like, I don't know what I feel about that. Anyways, moving on with my day. And if I asked him again, he might say yes. I don't know, but I, I don't know if I want to ask again, but yeah, you might, it might take a while. <laughs> well, you know what you, as long as you have the right intentions, like I think that it, uh, yeah, with all the work that I've done, I've learned that one communicative, effective, stable co-parent is all you really need. And not that he's not wonderful in his own right, but you're making the effort and that's all you can do. Yeah, no, uh, I wonder, that probably is true. I feel like I, I over communicate and it probably makes him crazy a little bit, but it means that there's always that line that's open between us. And that probably does, that probably is part of what's making this work. Well, I love that for you guys. So now we have to talk about the cookbook. (laughs) Okay. So how did this happen? When did you finish it? What's in it? How can I get one? (laughs) All of the things. Yes. So um, it is called the all new chicken cookbook, 250 plus recipes for your Instant Pot air fryer. I'm going to not remember the title. It it is (laughs) lots of chicken recipes. And the idea behind this book was that um, when I first got an Instant Pot and first got an air fryer, it took a really long time for me to even try using them. I'm not really a gadget person and there's dials and like things and a different <laughs> way of cooking. And I was just like, Ugh. but I'm in the food industry and I have to, I have to learn these things. So I finally made myself learn them. I think they're wonderful appliances, both the Instant Pot and the air fryer. The air fryer is even, I, I love the air fryer so much. I use My it five twice a day. Favorite thing I, I've ever brought into this household. Yes. Yeah. It, unbelievable. But it took a long time. And so my thinking was there's probably a lot of people like me who are like maybe dipping their toe in. And so the cookbook is a collection of recipes. Like I said, over 250 of them all for chicken, but they're not all for the Instant Pot and the air fryer. So there's, there's like traditional roast chicken. So if you want to roast a chicken, it, there's a recipe for traditionally roast chicken in there in the oven. There's a recipe for air fryer roasted chicken. There's a recipe for Instant Pot roasted chicken. So you can, I feel like roasting a chicken today. Maybe I'll try it in the air fryer. Oh no, wait, I'm nervous. You can still do it your old way. So it's got kind of like 
like a chicken Bible. It's got everything that you need <laughs> to do. I love that because like, I'm, I'm a big, you know, fan of eating protein and working mm. out and all of that. So chicken is like the staple of my life. I couldn't imagine not eating it. And I'm so basic with it. I'm like air fryer with a little garlic salt. There you go. But I, I, I would definitely benefit from this book. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it's just really nice. I feel like if there's a lot of households that have both the Instapot and the air fryer and you have an oven and you have a grill and you have a, this book will just carry you through all of the chicken recipes that you need for any of those slow cooker. There's a big slow cooker section. There's a big like wings and Buffalo sauce section. Cause I love chicken wings a lot. Um, <laughs> I feel like we need to be friends, Christine. <laughs> okay. Oh. Chicken wings. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah. And the book, I guess I finished it two years ago and yeah, we've been marketing it since then. And yeah, people can get it. So, okay. It's on Amazon, but for whatever reason, Amazon is insisting on pricing it at $39.99, which I think is too much. And so I found a separate publisher that prints on demand for me that is just cheaper. And so that's $27.99. And there's usually a coupon code too. And that is at allnewchickencookbook.com. Allnewchickencookbook.com, which obviously I will link. And um, where else can anybody find you if they want to get in touch and just hear more about your great story? Oh, uh, thank you. So um, so the websites are cookthestory.com and the cookful, T-H-E-C-O-O-K-F-U-L. And uh, there's tons of recipes on there, lots of weeknight solutions, um, quick dinners, easy dinners, all of that sort of stuff is on there. Uh, and then also uh, Instagram and Facebook. I'm Cook the Story on both. Those are great places to find me if people want to chat. Oh, and I have a podcast too, Time Management Insider. Oh, so, I did not know that. Okay. Time yeah. Management. Yes. It's, it's, all, it's time management for inside the home. So I'm talking a lot about meal planning and cooking and laundry and I'm, I'm, I, we just did a big back to school series. So um, exercise uh, during your busy life at home. Uh, what have we been doing? Oh, hosting a meal prep party, like having friends over to make a bunch of meals and how, how to do that successfully, how to plan for that. That was a recent episode. So we're doing that kind of stuff. Wow. Everything. Oh my God. This is such a valuable resource for our single mamas out there who need to just kind of make life easier. Cause Oh, for not? sure. Christine, this was an absolute pleasure. I've loved getting to know you and I hope we can do this again. I'd love to explore time management with you uh, for so many reasons, including oh, personal Thanks ones. so much, Michelle. This has um, been really great. And for those of you listening, thank you so much for being here. Of course, I will uh, link all the ways to get in touch with Christine. And if you have questions for me, you know where to find me. Have a great day. Thank you for joining us on today's episode of Moms Moving On. I hope you found today's episode to be helpful, inspiring, and give you the advice you need to feel empowered and strong as you move on. Don't forget to come say hi on Instagram at the Michelle Dempsey and drop us a line if there's a specific topic or subject you'd like us to discuss. Thanks. Stay strong.